welcome back to the Trees and Nylon podcast. I'm your host, Trees and Nylon, and I'm joined today by the fairy godparent of Gorp and Japan's second favorite white boy. Shout out Mr. Bianco. He's the first one. I'm sorry. I had to give it to him. He came on first. But anyway, uh, Tim McTavish, thank you so much for coming on today. That's all right. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Yes, man. Yes. Long time in the making. I feel like I said every podcast, whatever. Yeah, no, it was. It, was. <laughs> it actually was. Um, I apologize for sending the link late. Uh, last no worries, time. And likewise, I apologize for missing a couple already. So no, no, it's all good. We're here now. That's what matters. Um, well, for anyone who doesn't know Tim, uh, what do you do? Who are you? Why should people listen to this episode? I mean, they're already tuning in. They probably know who you are, but just in case. Well, yeah. Why should they listen? Uh, <laughs> I can answer that, that question. Bit, I'll leave that bit to the last. That, the, yeah. Easier, the, yeah, the easier bit is that I'm, I'm basically I'm I'm the owner operator of uh, this thing of ours, which mm-hmm. is a. I'd like to kind of describe it as a progressive, uh, progress, progressive men's clothing store. Um, mm-hmm. We're based in Manchester in the UK. And um, yeah, I'm I'm the owner operator. We've been kind of running that business now for just over three years. Oh, wow. Nice. And what kind of clothing would one find here at this thing of ours? Uh, definitely wouldn't want to like pigeonhole ourselves <laughs> too much. Yeah. Um, I know we've been kind of tied very strongly to the whole like outdoor clothing movement and Mm -hmm. i definitely see that as a big part of what we do although we don't consider ourselves an outdoor store Mm. um but you'll find like a a a mix of uh streetwear outdoor orientated clothing um progressive uh progressive menswear predominantly like harder to find brands like Mm -hmm. a lot of the brands that we've got in the store um we introduced to the uk for the first time um, maybe they're in more stores now, but you know, there's a lot of brands there that we kind of brought to the UK for the first time. And that's something mm-hmm. that we look to continue to do as we go forward. So we kind of feel like we're, yeah, like I say, we're at that progressive end and we're really looking for um, things that are a little bit harder to find and a little bit more niche than you'll find on your average high street, really. Nice. Nice. Um, and I mean, definitely you've got brands that I've never heard of on here actually yeah no you do i've heard of most of them but there's some of them that i've never even seen and i mean obviously i live in a fashion desert as i've said before so (laughs) you can't expect too much out of me but i am like terminally online as well so i i should know most of them yeah as it's where most people find their information these days anyway right so absolutely yeah if you can't go see it in person you got to find it online somehow exactly yeah well tim on the Trees and Nylon podcast here, we talk about two things. We talk about trees and nylon, obviously, right? Come on. But the question for you is, would you like to talk about trees or nylon first? Do you know Which what? One? Everyone goes yeah. trees, right? But yeah. um, I'm going to go nylon. Yeah, um, nylon first. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go nylon. Yeah, we might as well. Good segue. It's a very, it's more natural. We're talking about this thing. About I hope that didn't throw you, it. but yeah, we're going to go. No, nylon. it's okay. I uh, I got some some associates in the corner who are just scrambling, but I think we'll. I have a teleprompter in front of me that I read everything off of anyway. But they're updating it now, so we're fine. Um, so yeah, tell me a little bit about how you got into this whole clothing scene, not just specifically this thing of ours, but you personally. Wow, yeah, just me as an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's always been something that's been there, even if like I think back to like my earliest memories, like some of my earliest memories are going shopping with my parents and like them buying me clothing and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe I was like literally only like four or five years old, but they're some of my earliest memories. And I've kind of always, I guess as most people do, like I've always uh, used clothing as a way to kind of identify myself and mm-hmm. kind of, uh, yeah, say, 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 say something about myself without necessarily always having to say it. Right. I guess. So I think that's always been there in the background. Um, I was always interested in clothing through, through kind of school. Um, although I went to a, like a very academic school. Um, so kind of things like, uh, fashion and stuff weren't necessarily viewed as, mm-hmm. uh, real career paths. I went to the same school, school as, as Neil, actually, who you had on the oh, yeah, you yeah. had on the podcast. So I went to the same school as Neil, but many years later, um, mm. and it it wouldn't have been seen as like a path. So it was never really on my on my agenda. Um, but then once I was old enough to get like a part time job, I started working in clothing stores, and that kind of became more of a more of a kind of uh, a part of what I was interested in. Mm. And I actually then 
kind of went against the academic background and and went to study uh, clothing design and technology at mm-hmm. university. Um, didn't do didn't do amazing with it. <laughs> if I'm honest, like I think like most, uh, well, not most, but a lot of kids who find themselves at university with lots of free time on their hands, maybe student loans in their pockets and stuff. Um, I probably did a lot of other things outside of. Uh, outside of actually my schoolwork. So um, I didn't necessarily study that hard. And I was kind of faced with the, at the end of that course, probably faced with the reality that I probably hadn't put enough work in and I I didn't really see a a career ahead of me. And so I I kind of went off into a different path. Mm. So I didn't do anything with fashion for a long time. but yeah, the niggle was always there to kind of get back into it. And in more recent years, yeah, the desire to kind of uh, open the store kind of came came through in a in a much bigger way. And so, yeah, that was something I always wanted to like get back into. Nice. And what did you go to school for uh, originally? Sorry? What did you go to school for originally? In terms of like university? Yeah, yeah. Because you guys say school and I'm not, I'm, I'm oh, always like, okay, okay. Check, university, like, so, college. Yeah. Yeah. So like university, but university would have been, I, I did clothing design and technology. Okay. So, so the first time you went through, you went for clothing design and technology, like before you went back to school. Nah, when I went to university, I did clothing design and technology. Like oh, here, like college before words. you go, yeah, like I yeah, took yeah. academic subjects. I think I took like chemistry, biology, and okay. uh, business but you studies, a degree, something like that. Like, so, a, like a degree in clothing technology. I went to do a degree. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's common ground we can stand on right there. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and what were those brands as you were growing up that like interested you and kind of pulled you in? Oh, well. I grew up a long time ago versus like when you grew up. So like the brands will probably not have like the same reference. But um, at the time I was going through university, like t- early 2000s, like 2000, 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, coincidentally, like the whole kind of like sporting uh, sporting part of fashion was very big at that time as well. So mm-hmm. like brands like uh, Prada Sport were kind of putting out really high end uh Gore-Tex garments mm. that are kind of really popular now but this was kind of them bringing them through for the first time so yeah um those were definitely like brands that during my course I kind of referenced and aspired to kind of take some inspiration from I guess so mm-hmm. but a really broad a really broad and varied um influence in terms of brands and and not one that stands still and I think that's true to like how we run the store now like mm. It, it evolves and I'm yeah. not that guy who um, you would see in 10 years time and recognize me from across the room from what <laughs> I was wearing because yeah. it will have evolved and it will have shifted most definitely. Mm-hmm. And so off of that, do you think there is like some central pillars of fashion that you have now that you kind of live by or is it like always evolving? Like is there a silhouette you like or like colors you enjoy or that will even be changed in 10 years? It most definitely changes. Yeah. Yeah. Of course it changes. Like it definitely Mm -hmm. evolves. And I think things like, you know, I know you, I know that this is probably a common thread as well when you speak to people from the UK, but I think that things like uh, technical functional clothing are always, are always part of that Um, how they're packaged and, and, and where they fit maybe changes. But I think that's partly driven by, as as others have said, like it's it's driven more by the fact that I really need functional clothing because of where I live. And so yes. um, it's there and it has been there. It's kind of like always an omnipresent, whether it was Prada Sport Gore-Tex jackets or whether it's a Tillac jacket now. The the kind of the reason why I like them is is the same, but the aesthetic has has shifted and the reasons why I might wear them might have shifted as well. Nice. And so now what are some brands you're kind of stoked on these days? Brand Mm. styles, like anything like that, just like your, your current life. Yeah. Um, again, like it, it definitely changes, but I think it's hard for me not to say like brands that are in the store. Right. And it's always going to feel like, uh, (laughs) you can, you can go ahead and do that. Yeah. But the store is an opportunity for me to also as a buyer to like, to flex on things that I really like and that yeah. I that I feel and hope that our customers will like as well. So mm-hmm. 
I just mentioned Tillac. Like Tillac for me is one of the most underrated slept on brands out there. Like they're wow. they're out aware from a performance perspective is is up there with the best. You know, they're still a small family owned business uh, producing everything in house, which I also really like. Oh, wow. nice. Some of their military stuff, their MIG stuff is like really subtle, like very minimal branding, mm. subdued color tones. So, yeah, stuff like that. And then at the other end, I'm really like some of the stuff that's coming out of brands like Oclick from Taiwan, uh, mm. Goopy Made, just like really progressive, uh, progressive silhouettes, looser, wide fits, but um, get very different from the kind of outdoor stuff that we stock. I mm. definitely like, I'd describe it more as like urban outdoor. It's not necessarily meant to be worn uh halfway up a mountain but it yeah. takes some of its functionality from those garments and mm. addresses it more in an in a in an urban environment nice and, and honestly there's a load of other brands yeah. but there's also a load of other that i don't want to say on your podcast mm. because we're going to bring them in over the next yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, couple of seasons <laughs> and i still want to be the first person to bring them in so i'm never gonna i'm never gonna give you that uh that information <laughs> up front trees i'm really sorry but hey, yeah all good i got you got to run a business i understand yeah, i'll be totally. checking the website looking out for them <laughs> i'm sure everyone else will too yeah i mean you sign can't up blow to the, the spot too much sign up to the I, i'm already signed up i'm already signed yeah, up cool. i think go. i am under my real email not my trees and right. at gmail.com email um but anywho so we got Tillac and other brands that will remain nameless until they're out on the website. Um, that's very And I cool. honestly don't stop. Uh, honestly, Trees, you could basically say, like, if you say, what brands am I into? Like, we're very different than, like, a lot of other stores mm. in that we don't have a corporate owner. We yeah. don't have, uh, you know, we don't have a line manager to report to who is mm. going to say, hey, why have you not sold X amount of units of this jacket this month so yeah honestly the store is a reflection of of the brands that i'm into like mm. it's they're they're there because i'm into them right yeah and it's they're, purely they're there, a personal they're not thing. really there for any other reason apart from the fact that i think they make great products i like them and i think mm -hmm. that there's other people who will also like them and i want to give them the opportunity to buy those products because the opportunity wasn't there for me either. I was looking for those kind of things and they weren't mm -hmm. available in the UK. So, or they were available like very infrequently or you like had to one use, store in London. Right? Yeah. Or you had yeah. to use a Japanese proxy or something mm -hmm. and get screwed on shipping charges or whatever. Yeah. So there were the reasons I wanted to bring those brands in were, yeah, I, I hoped that there were more people like me and, and it seems that there were, and that's great. So mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. Um, have you been to Japan? Yeah, yeah. Is and is that how you found out about these brands? Like, what was because there's a lot of Japanese brands on there. How did you? Was it just like one, and then it snowballed, or did you like go to Japan and see them, or did we go on forums? No, I think like it's there's no. I get, it's probably the question I get asked the, the most from <laughs> customers in the store. Yeah uh who like are really like they're not just there to buy a jacket or whatever they just they 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 love what we do and they love the brands that we carry and stuff it's always like how do you find all these and honestly there's not there's no one simple answer like mm. yeah i was in japan maybe like five times in a in a four year window so and this was before Humble we brag. like just before we opened the store so um there was there was obviously research there um mm. I used to buy a lot of Japanese magazines and and Asian magazines. Um, obviously, Instagram and the and the internet plays its part. Um, mm. I have friends and some family based out in Asia, so there's always ah. kind of conversations and <laughs> uh, and, and opportunities to kind of share ideas yeah. and discuss things as well. So there's no one there's no one simple answer. There's not like a like a remedy that I could write down for somebody <laughs> to, to to kind of do the same thing. There's there's, there's yeah, too no, many I'm not, I'm not trying to copy. I just want to know how it all, <laughs> like, I'm just, I just want to know how it all started. Cause it's, yeah, it's yeah, a wonderful yeah. thing that you've built. And I mean, it's years of curation and like just being around it. I just want to know how you were around it. I think the thing that Japan did do trees, which is, which like, I always feel like is fundamental to, to kind of how we started the business was that, Hey, listen, like I, I, I worked for, I worked in a very corporate world. I wanted to kind of get away from that. And 
I, I kind of always put off doing the store because I felt like I had to do this big store. Like there was a time where I felt like I had to do this big store or how could I always thought like, how can I compete with these big companies and yeah. stuff? Like, does it yeah. even make sense to do it? And one of the things that definitely going to Japan did was like, I went into stores that were like, no bigger than your bedroom and like you go in and it was so well curated mm-hmm. they had great brands it smelled great the music was great and like you really understood what that owner was trying to achieve like yeah nine times out of ten it was an owner operated mm-hmm. business the guy who owned it was in the store and i think that gave me the inspiration to say ah actually do you know what even if it's a tiny store if i do it right people are going to dig it and then I can kind of move on from there. And like, we started in a, in a shipping container size space. Yeah. And I hope we achieved a little bit of that, but that's definitely what Japan did for me was like, even if you do it small, but you do it well, then hmm. it's going to have an impact. Yeah. yeah. And is it just you that runs everything? Like you're the person talking to the the suppliers or you have like a it team was with for you. a long time it was mm. for a long time yeah for almost the first whole two years wow. like literally like i think we probably people would have seen us from the outside and thought that we were a much bigger business but mm. for almost the first two years um ali george hinkins would have done some freelance for us mm. uh anthony lee would have done some freelance photography but outside of that it was literally me everything from accounts shipping orders dealing with suppliers wow. buying the whole the whole thing it's not like that now mm. we're still a super small business um but there's another two of us that uh, are in the business now so there's a little bit less pressure but the <laughs> business grows so also there's there's yeah. there's new pressures as well exactly can't get comfortable right that's how you die no, definitely not <laughs> exactly um let's move on now forward we can talk a little bit about um you personally where you think your style will be where what do you see the future for your style in 10 years and also oh, wow. we'll talk about that since we were just on that yeah. talk about where you think the store will be where you hope it'll be in 10 years if i'm honest i definitely don't think ahead of in terms of like where will i where will my mm. personal style be i just think that just like that just evolves and flows it's like i said it's an evolution and not like a mm. a thought out thing yeah. but i think that i'm naturally a little bit of a contrarian so as things become more mainstream, then there is there is a natural sure tendency. There's yeah. a natural tendency for me to have one foot out the door and looking into into what's coming next. And I, I hope that that will that will like by its nature that will assist the business because we'll never get too complacent and we'll never just kind of focus on the mainstream because we'll always have that one eye on what's coming around the corner. Yeah. Um, in terms of the store, where will it be in 10 years? Uh, honestly, I, I definitely don't think that far ahead, but mm. I think that as long as we can continue to find great stuff, uh, great brands, and continue to bring those in and continue to give people what we think they want, um, then the store should be in a great space. Like We don't have any lofty aspirations for the store. Like mm. I want to run a... I want to run a sensible business that can continue to do what it does for, for a long time, but we don't have any lofty aspirations. So it's, yeah. Continue to do what we do trees, I guess is the simple answer. Like if we can continue to do that for the next 10 years (laughs) then I'll be happy. Well, very good. I think we can, unless you have anything else to say, we can move on to the trees portion of the podcast. Ah, I'm good to move on if you're ready. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, let's do it. So yeah. Tell me a little bit about, your relationship with nature to any extent growing up again may i feel like maybe there's going to be similarities between when you speak to people from the uk but mm. i don't know for me maybe people from the uk of a particular age as well but for me um family holidays in the very earlier years of life mm. were not were not family holidays like on a plane to Spain or Italy or wherever you know they were yeah. everybody getting packed into a car and 
nine times out of ten, we'd be uh, either up in Scotland or mm. we'd be in Snowdonia. And my dad's Scottish, so we'd often go up to Scotland. We'd stop off and see family in the city on the way in Glasgow, nice. and then we'd mm. carry on up to maybe like Calendar, the gateway to the Highlands and stuff. And we'd mm. you know we'd mountain bike, we'd walk, we'd go and see places. Um, so. Those are kind of like the first experiences of 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 nature, really, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and was it, did you just like take it for granted? It was just like a thing you did or did you, do you think you really like stopped and appreciated the roses while you're out there? I think that just felt like, I, yeah, it was just normal. Like, yeah. um, I think at, at, at those younger ages, yeah, maybe I didn't like stand back and gaze at the mountains or whatever, but I would have been more focused on, you know, can I get my mountain bike down down that down that slope mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. like a 10 year old would be more focused on like mm-hmm. but but holidays were generally like active and so those would probably be like your first my first real encounter with with kind of like the the more rugged side of the more rugged side of nature i guess and and i think realistically like in the uk snowdonia or the highlands is about as rugged as it's going to get right so mm-hmm. that that's probably like my first interactions What's your schedule like now? How often are you getting out? I know you're a busy man running the store. Is it is it still something you like continue to do is go hiking, camping, mountain biking, whatever it is? Um, do you know what mate? It, it, it tends to f- take on time in the outdoors tends to take on like a different outlook for me at different mm-hmm. periods in my life. And right now for me, the best I can probably hope for is like a decent trail run. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's probably the thing that I do the most more than, more than anything. Like if I, if I have some time and I can put my trainers in the back of a car, take a drive out somewhere, find a trail and and go for a trail run. Like hiking is pretty infrequent these days, but that's more, mm. uh, that's more a representation on, uh, on the demands on my time than it is mm. on like my will. Um, mm. And yeah, there's been periods as well where it's like predominantly more more cycling based, whether that was mountain biking or road biking and stuff like that. So sport and being active is always a massive constant in my life. Where I do that kind of changes, I guess. Mm-hmm. You're constantly, constantly evolving. Metamorphosis over time of just like Sounds everything like we've it, talked about. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are some of your favorite spots? And you don't have to blow them up. You don't have to, you don't have to shout out your favorite spots, but what are some yeah. of your favorite spots to go do these, do these things at? Um, in terms of like just clearing my head, and I think this is probably like really it takes on even more importance for you when you're like running your own business or you've got a lot on your plate and stuff, then mm. you know, trail running and running takes on like both the physical and the mental aspect for me and a nice coastal run is probably like something that I find the most uh rewarding on a on a mental level so like maybe head out to North Wales onto the coast uh there's some really nice places to run Mm. up around like uh Nethin and Abbasock and those kind Mm. of places and just find a nice coastal path or get out onto the beach and go for a run those are probably the things that I like to do the most so you prefer, you prefer the coast over like a mountain or a forest or anything like that? Again, I'd say it's transient. And I think like right now, right <laughs> yeah. now, right now. Yeah. Because yeah. I find that more, uh, more, I, uh, just like a, a nice coastal run for me mm-hmm. is like really like mentally restorative. So when you've like done three weeks solid on the business <laughs> and you've not had yeah. a day off, if I could get a coastal running, like that sets me off and I'm I'm ready to go and give it another three or four weeks solid as well. Nice. And are we running on the sand or are we running on kind of path yeah, next to if sand? I can find a tra- if I can find a coastal Yikes. path, then great. But there are some nice uh there are some nice beach runs where you can get a good five, 10k in and not have mm. to leave the sand. So yeah, both options are good. Wow. And when you run in the sand, are you going barefoot or are you going with shoes on? No, shoes on. She's on. She's, She's on. on. Yeah. yeah, I guess it is a little bit colder over there. You probably want the shoes. And and some of them are pretty rugged. So you've got <laughs> uh, sand and stones and, and mixtures like an and stuff beach. like that. So you might yeah. have like mixed terrain and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Norda's cool. coming really good for that as well. Shout, shout out, out to Satis- shout out to Satisfy <laughs> and Norda. Oh uh, yes, uh, friend of the pod, Daniel Grow. Shout out to him. <laughs> yeah, good guy. Uh, yeah, nice stuff, man. Um, tell me a little bit about your future with going outside. Are there any 
places you want to go, hikes you want to go on, things you want to see, lay it all on me. Yeah. Um, I'm currently like, I'm supposed to be training for a marathon at the moment. So like, oh. it's not going as well as I'd love it to, but again, <laughs> it's just pressures on time and stuff. So yeah. um, I'd, I'd absolutely love, and it's totally on my bucket list uh, to do some part of like the UTMB course. So like ultra trail, ultra trail Mont Blanc. Mm. So I'd absolutely love to be able to kind of uh, do a part of that. I think um, it's it's on the bucket list. How realistic it is right now is is debatable, but it's definitely still on the list. So yeah, okay. trail running, running around uh, some part or some section of the of the UTMB course would definitely be bucket list type stuff for me. Anywhere else? Anywhere you just like want to see the nature that isn't. Even if it's like a business trip, you still want to just like go there and see what Most it looks like. Definitely Japan, mate. I feel like I've, mm. although I've been to Japan, I've just seen like mostly metropolis type stuff. And so, um, would love to get up north to the mountains and also down like to the tropics and stuff. We've, we've mm. really kind of done the typical Kyoto, Osaka, Tokyo type scenario mm. just because, I mean, we were there as, as tourists, but also like, I'm 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 also there as like a a cultural tourist, but but also like a a, a modern cultural tourist, if that makes sense. <laughs> so it makes sense yeah. for me to be in the cities and not necessarily like seeing her- like too much heritage. Although it does interest me, I wanted to see and wanted to soak up the 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 modern culture of Japan, and so I feel like I've done that, and I'd love to go back and yeah, spend some more time in the outdoors out there. Yeah. I haven't, I've always thought of like going up North in Japan. I've never thought of going down South. What is it? I mean, if you, if you, if you know what it's like in like South Japan. I think the only thing for me that the, the, the attraction there for me is that the two extremes. So mm-hmm. as, as far as I'm aware, like the North, you've got the mountains and great snowboarding and skiing and the mm-hmm. South, you almost go to like tropical type scenarios. So mm-hmm. you're almost in like a Hawaii type um, setting and you guys, living in the States have the benefit that you can travel somewhere within your own country and, and yeah. you have all of those terrains covered. But for us in the UK, like there's nothing like that. So being able to go to somewhere and experience two very different uh, terrains and climates in one country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool to do. I think. Yeah. The U S has every like major biome. If you include yeah. Hawaii and Alaska. Yeah, exactly. Pretty wild. Pretty wild. Yeah. Hawaii is an amazing place. Have you ever been? No, but I Ooh. used to uh, do a lot of triathlon back in my younger days, and mm-hmm. so like Ironman Hawaii is the world championships, <laughs> and I'd I'd love to go and I'd actually love to go to see the race. Uh, whether I'd ever get to compete in it is debatable these days, but I'd love to go mm-hmm. and I'd love to go and like watch the race there. Um, yeah, looks like an amazing place. Like all the it lava is. fields and stuff looks insane. Yeah, and that's just on. The main island too. There's a bunch yeah. of other islands that are, in my opinion, way nicer than the big island. I think yeah, the big yeah, island's yeah. kind of mid. I'm just I'm out there. If you get to go, you got to go to Kauai. It's the Garden Island. I mean, come on. That's good feedback, mate. Yeah, just hey, and anyone that needs to know, anyone that lives on the the big island of Hawaii, you know it's true. Don't come for me. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying is true. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's a really really cool place. Um, Anything else for the future? Any activities you want to get into or anything like that? Uh, I don't think there's anything specific that I'd say I'd want to like get into that I'm not already into. It'd be find more time to do the things that uh, that that I like. So that you already know you like. Yeah, yeah. definitely m- m- more time, more time on the bike, more time trail running. Um, yeah. More time outdoors would be uh, would be, would be massively beneficial, um, mm. and that will that that'll definitely come. We're putting the business into a position where you know I will be able to get some of that time back. Um, so that's good. Are you ready to move on to some viewer questions? Yeah, gosh, here we go. <laughs> you ready? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go for it. <laughs> All right. Viewer questions. I have quite a few for you, actually. Okay. And no, they're not all asking want... for discount, right? <laughs> no, actually, I don't think anyone asked for a discount. Cool. That's good. Yeah. No one's asking for free <laughs> stuff or a discount. 
Sweet. Um, yeah, first up, we have from Stormfit. They would like to know, which jacket would you wear to survive a nuclear winter and why? <laughs> which is uh, uh, wow, more, a winter. more poignant than they could ever know because they asked this question like three weeks ago. Right. Wow. Um, I mean, in terms of like an absolutely like bomb-proof jacket, like I'm taking like I'm 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 going with the fact that they don't actually want a nuclear-proof jacket, right? And they're yeah, actually yeah, just yeah. saying, like, like, hey, if I had to survive up a mountain suit. somewhere, what would I? And and for me, it would be a Tillac Raptor. Like, it's absolutely, like, bomb-proof. If I had to put my life on a jacket, then it would be a <laughs> Tillac Raptor, yeah, most definitely. Nice, man. And, uh, and sorry, you already answered the question. <laughs> Next up, Yachts and Shots, cool username, would like to know, what is this thing of ours? Like, what is it? This thing wow. of ours? What that's, is, what is this? That's a bit like, sounds very philosophical, right? Yeah. Like, what is this in this thing? What of is ours? this? Yeah. What is this? But this is the store, but this is the store. What is but this I think thing? it's like when we, when, 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 when I started to think about the store and the, and the naming, that sounds really corny, but so there was, mm. there was something that I read about, like, how about, it was about like small independent businesses and like this symbiotic nature with uh, their customers. And it was, it was talking about a completely different segment. It was talking about mm. something like, um, I don't know, like a local butcher store or something like this. It was talking about this as an example. And it was basically mm. saying like, you know, the store owner needs the customers. And in that situation, the customers also needed the store because they would buy their food from there. And so yeah. there was this like symbiotic relationship. And before I started the business and whilst I was still in my, my old job, I always used to say like, I want to do something for myself. I want to do a business for myself. And when I sat down and thought about the store, it kind of became more apparent that it actually wasn't mine. It was it sounds really cheesy. It was mine and the customers. And so there's this ours is the ours is myself and the customers and the store mm. is the store is ours. It's not mine, if that makes sense. So that's kind of where the name comes from. And so, yeah, the, this is the, this is the store. Uh-huh. And the thing is the clothing. Uh... Or is the thing, the relationship you have with the customers. I, I, I guess the this store. this this and thing this and this <laughs> thing are the same. Like they are the store, aren't they? This thing, okay. okay, is the store. Beautiful, I love it. <laughs> uh, transactor, like to know. Well, first they say your curation of pieces are bomb. Compliment. Thank Question: you. How do I choose and explore new brands that slap? And uh, I know you you don't want to explain how the. Uh, what do they say how it's made. You don't want to talk about how the what do they say? Yeah, What's the phrase? So, but, how the blank is made, how the pudding is made. Is that what they say? Yeah. Uh, you could you might say that, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm happy I understand say? what you mean. You can you can start talking. I'm gonna Google it. Yeah, <laughs> no worries. Um, so what was the question again? So how does he explore <laughs> how does he explore new brands? Yeah. Yeah. How do, how do you, how do you find brands? How would you suggest people go about finding new cool brands? I think the best way, I mean, if they can travel, then travel yeah. and just like explore places that you've never been to, right? Like explore, go down the, go down the, the, the alleyway to find that little store that you might not have found otherwise and ask questions talk to people in stores, talk to the owner operators. If it's a small store, you know, they might have a recommendation of somewhere else for you to try. But I think like we said earlier on in the pod, like there's no one simple answer from our perspective. Yeah. So yeah, use all the resources that are available to you. If you can travel, travel, talk, ask questions of people. Um, and generally most people, I find generally most people who are in the business for the right reasons are happy to are happy to talk are happy to provide advice and happy to give guidance even if even if sometimes it means you buying something away from their store or like going somewhere else 
the more genuine people are, are generally happy happier to do that. So mm. I'd say ask questions. If there's a store that you like and yeah, you like some of the stuff that they do and you want to find more stuff like that, then reach out to them, come in the store, have a chat. Maybe you might find some information that you wouldn't find on on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go meet real people. Don't just listen to a podcast. Yeah, that's how you, that's you can, how you do it. Yeah. 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 Nice. I, I got I got I I definitely got I'm gonna say at least four or five really good recommendations um from people in Japan just from talking in bad broken Japanese and bad broken English. <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, to people who ran their own stores, who that I liked the store, and you know these people are passionate about their business, so they're also happy to talk about their passion. Yeah, nice. Well, there you go. Um, next up is from Markadelic of Hikerdelic. Would like yeah. to know. He says Ted McTavish is a pretty SAS name. What's the most special forces brand that you stock? Oh god, it feels like we've like name dropped Tillac like too many times. But <laughs> but it you is the most that. special forces brand that we stock. Like they the range that we stock from them is their MIG range, which is like predominantly made specifically for uh armed forces, police forces, um, special forces. So like this stuff is like completely paired back extreme functionality mm. you know um extreme performance yeah but they'll take things like pockets and move them out of the way because you know you might get snagged you might get your sounds really crazy mm. for me to say it but you might get your rifle snagged on it or something so you know, they might sell a chest expander so that you can wear a flak jacket underneath 100 <laughs> wow. it, it's a millet it's not a it's not a a brand with military influence, it is a military grade brand. So 100% it would have to be Tillac. And we sell Tillac to guys who are in the forces as well. Like I see the addresses that they're oh. getting delivered to on, on camps and stuff. And, and so those guys are really using that product. Wow. Not just in concept, they're actually using it. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Nice stuff. Nice stuff. Uh, so shout out Tillac again for the 300th time. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> too many times um next up found featherism completely non-related to trees or nylon would like to know top three mcs of all time uh, and, and as soon as you said it was from from uh, found featherism uh top three mcs of all time is gonna be a hard one merv's uh merv's a bit of a hip-hop head in the same way that i am and like mm. this would drift for me as well, but un- like Rakim <laughs> needs to be in there. Okay. Um, Nas would be in there for me too. And we're talking just MCs, aren't we? And KRS-One probably for me personally. If you asked me again in five weeks time, maybe somebody else would be in there. I just don't feel like you can narrow it down to top three, but Merv will pin me down. And we have these mm. conversations all the time <laughs> about hip hop. So yeah, uh-huh. thanks for that, Merv. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got another question for you. Okay. Top three producers of all time. Ah, uh, fuck off. <laughs> uh, well, right now. So, this is this yeah, is fine. This so is your Primo, right now. Say again. Uh-huh. This so is your Primo's right now. in there. Yeah. Madlib. Uh, who else would I put in without? Like, I'm. I'm gonna. This is gonna be really fucking controversial because. Uh-oh. I yeah. You do. You, do you know where I'm gonna go? And I'm gonna say no. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say Kanye. And like, oh. I don't. And I like, I don't support like half of the shit that he says. He, um, he supports the half where he talks about the I don't the Jews, like though. half of his own music, but as a producer, mm-hmm. then like his body of work is is insane. And I don't think you can kind of knock that. He's a dick, but he's a talented dick. Yeah, no, definitely as a producer. And as you also said, he hasn't made a good album since like 2018. Like Kids See Ghost was the last good project he made. Since that, it's just been spiraled down. So I don't even, if I'm honest, mate, I don't even listen to them. Like, I don't necessarily even give it the time. I I just gave it, I gave Donda a shot. I gave it a shot and it just, just didn't do it for me. And then you couldn't get Donda 2 unless you had a stem player. And even that, I've heard that Donda 2 isn't even finished yet. Like, it still is like there's songs where he's just mumbling over a beat, like getting a melody with a mumble over a beat. So 
Yeah, he fell off. He fell off. Pass. But saying that, but I mean, I re- I reference Nas anyway. But uh, the mm. King King Disease Free uh, dropped. I think it was last week, but I listened to it over the last couple of days, and that album's really good. So yeah, it's definitely worth a listen. Well, that's great because uh, the last question from Found Featherisms is top three rap albums of all time. Ah, uh, is he seriously like he he know he knows that like for me you can't pin that you can't pin that sort of stuff down. So. <laughs> uh-huh. um, that's one that I'm going to have to say, like for Merv, like I'd have to pass on that one. Like there's no way that I could, there's no way that I could pin it down to, to, to a top three. Tell him to drop me a DM and I'll, and, and we'll, and we'll maybe get it down to a 10. We'll hash it out. Yeah. But I couldn't, I couldn't pin it down to a three. Um, okay, cool. Next up from GN underscore TS, they would like to know. Favorite brand, we already know the answer to that is Tilak right now. Nah, and nah. favorite piece, which I assume is the jacket that you already said that you like. Um, is this is this true or no? Because there's more, no, there's more of the question. Not. No, no. Oh, wow. The, okay, the, go the, ahead, the references to Tilak were purely based on the questions that were already there before. Okay, but okay. Like on, a, on a personal level, um, I see a lot of products in the job that I do. And we stock a lot of great products. Mm. Um, but the the product that's kind of blown me away the most this year so far um, is the John Luke Lavelle free layer uh, uh, shell jacket that's just come uh-huh. into store. Um, we've only just photoshot it yesterday. Um, we did the econ pictures and we took it out for a shoot in Manchester. And hands down, it's the hardest product I've had my hands on all year, <laughs> most definitely. Yeah, John Luke is crazy. I yeah. love his stuff. Come on the pod. He won't answer my DMs. Come on the no. pod. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Neither will Rob Boyd. Rob Boyd, I was on an Instagram live with him when he was on an airplane, like getting onto an airplane when he was streaming for some reason. No idea why. Right. But I was asking him, come on. And he was like, trees. I'm really nervous. I can't talk. I, I, I can't talk. I'm like, you're literally live streaming on an airplane and you can't talk. <laughs> And he's like, it's different. I, I don't different. know Rob enough. I don't know Rob enough to comment, but like we've met, he's come to the store. He's, he was a customer like very great. early on when we were still in a shipping <laughs> container. And he's yeah. a super talented guy. And I know he's got like he's got some great things up his sleeves. And, and I'm hoping that at some point we'll we'll kind of work together. It would be great. He's a good guy. Yeah. No, he's he's sounds like a really cool guy. And I've seen a lot of his work and like his portfolio and stuff, and very, very talented designer. Yeah. But he just won't come on the podcast, and I've I've stopped trying for a while. But now that we've talked about it, I'm going to get back on the train, and I'm going to start pestering him again. So yeah, he comes give him back. a message, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, the next question from GNTS. It was a three-parter in one question. Um, Asian brands versus Western brands. What do you prefer? Mm. It would be hard for me to say that I prefer Western brands right now when like predominantly the store is i'd say we're probably like 60 70 percent asian brands in the store right now um but i i again like it sounds like i'm just sitting on the fence i i wouldn't say that there's a preference either way it's just that mm. right now or when we started the store there was an abundance of Western brands available in the uk so like most of the stores stopped western brands whether it was us brands british brands whatever and yeah there were japanese brands around but the kind of things that i was looking to buy were not available so Mm -hmm. yes we looked east and we brought a lot of brands in from the east and they definitely form a big chunk of what we do but i wouldn't say it's a preference it's just that um they're making some great stuff. Uh, and we wanted to be, uh, we wanted to be an outlet for that. Um, uh, so that people could also experience it. Nice. Beautiful answer. Um, and you've kind of been over the, his, his final part of the question that you've kind of already answered is pros and cons of the two brands. And we've, we've kind of been over already that like, it's basically just accessibility. Um, seeing them in person versus seeing them online versus being able to actually like buy them or see them before. Cause I'm the kind of guy that, you know, if I am going to invest a couple hundred bucks into something, I want to 
put it on and like see how it looks yeah. on me and feels on me yeah, before which I buy is why it. We still have a physical store, right? Like people exactly. definitely still want to do that. Yeah. I think there's, there's, I just want to be very careful not to like pigeonhole all West, all Asian brands as amazing yeah. and all Western brands as not because there's a massive spectrum there and there are gr- absolutely amazing Western brands and there are some absolute dog shit Asian brands as well. <laughs> There's, yeah. there's there's a whole spectrum there, right? So mm-hmm. we like to think that we stock some really good Western brands and some really good Asian brands. Um, yeah, uh, it it needs to be a balance, and there's good and bad in there's good and bad in both. I think there's a risk, and 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 I noticed this like over the last couple of years. Like, okay, when we opened the store, we picked up a few Korean brands, and there were very very few Korean brands in the UK at the time, and everybody had some kind of Japanese brand, but not Mm. many stores, if any had Korean brands. And so we introduced some Korean brands, they gained some traction and some popularity. And then literally every store wanted to stock a Korean brand. And it seemed like they would stock a Korean brand just to say that it was a Korean brand and not necessarily whether it was a good Korean brand. So I think my advice for him or like maybe some additional level to his question would be like, it shouldn't matter where it's from. There's good and bad Korean brands. There's good and bad Japanese brands. There's good mm. and bad Taiwanese <laughs> brands. And there's good and bad US brands. Like, do your research, find what you like, find whether it works in the setting that you want it to, to work in mm. um, and make your decisions from there. Definitely don't make it based on, is it from Japan from, or is yeah. it from the US? Yeah. Understood. Understood. Uh, next question is from Matthew W. Low Two. What do you think is the correct balance between style and function? Again, it depends on how you want to use that garment and where you're going to want to use it, right? So, um, if you're somebody that is going to be seventy percent outdoor use and 30% city use, then you're going to need a higher demand on the functionality aspect. If you're, if you're somebody who is going to be like mostly darting from a car to a shop, (laughs) to a restaurant and back into a car again, then Hey, go for 90% style and 10% function, but it's going to be so subjective and so individual for me on a personal level. I want a balance pretty much straight down the middle mm-hmm. um because i need that functionality whether it's to throw a jacket in a bag because i'm going to be down by the coast or whether it's to throw a jacket in a bag because i might get caught in the rain on the way home from work whatever it might be mm-hmm. i think there's a good mix of like i need functionality and style and i don't want to have 10 different jackets i want to have one jacket that can cover me in a a multitude of settings but exactly for every individual, that's going to be different, right? Yeah, that's how I feel as well. You know, have one jacket that can do a lot more. For me, that's the right answer. For him, yeah. it might be for some people. It might, need more. It might yeah. be predominantly style and 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 yeah. less function, but it's going to mm. be different for everybody. Nice. Uh, disconcertingly vague. Would like to know how did you get so cool? So he's a customer as well. Like, and I think <laughs> like that's. If I get a cust- if I get uh if I get questions like that from a customer, I definitely feel like it's a long pull on my leg. Um now, if he thinks I'm cool, then I take that as a as a massive compliment. I definitely yeah. don't think I am, but thank you, disconcertingly mm-hmm. vague, um for the for the generous comment. Very, very humble of you to say that as well. Cause like literally people come into your store to buy clothes that you think are cool. So you gotta be at least smart if not cool right <laughs> or like have good taste which which compliment will you accept of those three uh, cool smart good taste you go go for taste a little bit yeah okay go for cool. taste then. Cool. good taste yeah. go for <laughs> taste um suave agua suave aguas asks if you can only wear one brand from now until the end of time, what would it be? And I know it's an impossible question because yeah, because given exactly given what I said at the beginning, all, yeah. that I'm like I'm a contrarian and like yeah. I totally like move with the times and yeah, that 
I mean, it is impossible. It is. It most definitely is impossible um, because I would just would not want to be that guy who somebody spots and goes, "Hey, is that Tim?" Like from a million yards away, because they know that I'm wearing the same thing that I would have wore five years ago or ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. No answer. Yeah, I, and I know that's really bad, but like, I think it's impossible. And I think that's good to know as well. Like. It just wouldn't. It just wouldn't happen. It just wouldn't happen. I think I'd. Here you go. This. This is how much of a contrarian I am. If I had to wear the same brand for the rest of my mm-hmm. life, I would have topped myself or something before that happens. <laughs> I think. Like, yeah, it, yeah. I don't think it'd get that far, trees. To be honest. Good. Well, I'll keep you to it. If I ever see you wearing the same brand for more than a year, I'll. Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put the head out on yeah. you. But Ten years or the rest of my life, the guy said. Right. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we'll see 10 years from now, wearing the same brands. You just, you know, watch behind your back. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not. (laughs) All right. Next we have from Ali George Hinkins. He says, first of all, big up Tim. First question. Second question. Got loads to ask. I don't think Ali understands how the question, uh, the question bar works and all this. Then he says, ask about challenges, opening a retail store language barriers etc <laughs> so, yeah i mean challenges in opening a retail store i actually think that opening a retail store again it depends on your depends on your your outlook from the beginning if you've got the outlook of hey i want to be the next x um and you're thinking about how to do that maybe there's a lot more barriers if you're thinking about the the it from the perspective of I want to make a space for me and people like me who are into similar things. And it doesn't matter if it's the size of a shipping container, but as long as I do it, how I want to do it and I do it right. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be okay. Then I don't actually think there's huge barriers to entry. Like, Mm -hmm. okay. There's the, the obvious financial aspect. Um, but there's nobody really there's i don't feel like there's this massive wall of of invisible uh blockage for you to for you to start a retail store yeah there's lots of things that need to piece into that and not mm. everybody would be able to do it but um it's hard a lot of graft you're going into an industry that is in the UK at least predominantly dominated by a couple or a handful of really large players who mm-hmm. have bought up a large number of independent stores mm. that are no longer independent, but to the average Joe on the street appear to be. To be. Yeah. Um, so you're Just kind like this of thing of ours. Say again, just like this thing of ours, same, same situation. Like you, you know, you have the facade of independence, but in reality you're being bankrolled by some like huge corporation. Got a lot of sarcasm there. <laughs> trees and, yeah. Can, and, do you know what? If that, I would, I would actually like laugh at that if I hadn't be, if I had, uh, honestly, I get told on a week, it's maybe a good place to, to mention this, but I get yeah. told on a, on a weekly basis that we've been bought out by like one of the main, uh, people, like, people tell you that or people ask oh, 100%, even, even, even even people who work for that corporate have said it hey i heard in the office that you that (laughs) that we're that we're that we're buying you and i'm like honestly like go back to whoever it was go back to whoever it was that told you and and tell them that like they're talking out of their ass like we had never had a conversation with that corporate (laughs) Uh Uh, we we you know there's no there's no substance to it we're 100% like bootstrapped up from, you know, savings that I'd put away before I decided to leave my job. And we've mm-hmm. continued to be that way. We're a family run business. It's like me, my wife, uh, one other person joins the business and two freelancers that uh, really support the business. Um, Ali, who's asked the question and, <laughs> and Anthony, uh, who's a really great photographer that we work with. So, you know, super small business, independent. One hundred percent, not to be doubted. Um, yeah, call call bullshit if someone tells you otherwise, Tree. So I will, I will. Yeah, Ali was like talking a lot about like how you've been bought out by um, 
Carlisle group and yeah, he was saying a lot of stuff. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. Um, uh, the last question from Ali, which you already have been over as well, is uh, he wants to know why you changed careers and decided to open the store. But you've already you've already kind of touched on that earlier in the episode. Yeah, a little bit. I think you know, for me as well though, it it was kind of uh, there was there was a really fundamental change in my own personal life that made mm. me that made me. M- make it a now or never and that was like having my little boy like uh, mm. i kind of had a, a i don't want to say an epiphany but like a, a like a ah okay moment which was like i'd been thinking about doing this for so long and like thinking yeah. about starting my own business for so long that i kind of said shit how can i sit here <laughs> in 10 years time and mm. tell and tell like this this baby boy that i'm bringing into the world like how can i tell him that he can do whatever he wants and stuff. If I haven't got the balls to go and do it myself, like, so yeah. it was almost like a now or never moment. There was never going to, it was probably the worst time to leave your job and start a business. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. you know, you're literally just, you're about to have a, you're about to have a baby. We were moving house at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember you know, telling my wife to say, Hey, listen, I want to leave this stable corporate job and I'm going to set up a fashion yeah. store. Like, uh, it's not, <laughs> it's not it's not an easy conversation yeah but it but there was never going to be there was never going to be a time going forward it would be it would make more sense so yeah Yeah. it didn't make sense at that point but it was always going to make less sense going forward so it was like yeah just do it just rip the plaster off and and kind of do it now yeah wow um okay next question from an anonymous hero they ask, who is the coolest person that went to your school? Right. So, <laughs> not so actually coolest, like when they were at my school, I can't really speak for, but um, uh, so I'm guessing that question is going to have come from Neil Summers. So yeah, it has to be, course. you know, <laughs> Neil Summers is by far and away the coolest person to ever, uh, yeah. to, to ever go through the doors of St. Ambrose College. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful i'm sure that he'll be very happy to hear that <laughs> uh and finally the last question i have for you today is from one p eight l whoa one p a eight l u e i wonder what that one i haven't wrote that down or anything so i like that's just no, gone okay. in one i'm just like looking other. at it I, i'm not sure if it's supposed to spell something with like the numbers Anyway, yeah. who cares? Sounds like it probably um, is. What is your favorite gas station snack or petrol station, as the Brits call it? What's your favorite gas station snack? <laughs> what a bizarre question! And um, I'm probably all about a protein bar. Like that's some, the, yeah, yeah. Protein no, bar? Seriously. What kind of protein I worked bar? In, I worked in that industry for a while, so like ah. there's always this. There's always this natural, uh, yeah, natural like curiosity to see like who is mm-hmm. doing it well now or who is not doing it well like and so yeah it probably it probably actually is a protein bar which that's boring man yeah I'll maybe speaks volumes you. that's boring <laughs> what what what's your favorite brand of protein bars right now ah oh, man this pains me to say so you uh, will know the brand that i worked for because like they're a heritage us brand and uh, they were well, really like they were almost like one of the innovators and the the drivers of the whole like sports nutrition market like okay. so i worked for power bar okay you ever heard yes, of them no? i have heard of power yeah. bar but like they're so like they were they're, they're kind of like so outdated now like they're like a heritage brand almost like yeah. they've been around for like 40 years um so it pains me to kind of like pick another brand because i have okay. such brand loyalty to to, to, to like, power. yeah totally yeah yeah do you know what i'm very lucky like i've 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 worked for a couple of american businesses and mm. um and i'm and i'm and i'm I'm happy to say that like I'm I'm really proud of the I'm really proud of the businesses that I worked for and I have a real like passion and an affinity for those brands. So yeah, I kind of carry that with me. It's the same, it's kind of almost the same thing with the store. But so even though I'm no longer in that sector or I'm no longer kind of uh flogging power bars to athletes, <laughs> like I still have a I still have a I still have an affinity for the brand, but um yeah. 
taste wise uh probably the, there's a there's a brand called phd in the uk and i think their bars are pretty good look it up real quick i just want to see what it looks like because for me packaging is phd protein bars but if you're not in that i guess if you're not a consumer for those products though right mm-hmm. like the packaging is not necessarily going to appeal true, to you true. anyway but um uh, low sugar very good uh at costco which is a big like warehouse yeah, no costco. Bookbine, you got it <laughs> um they sell these fit crunch robert irving's fit crunch bars and they're they're the best ones i've ever had um they're peanut butter chocolate Okay, they so you definitely... are a consumer of peanut butter. Oh, yeah, you yeah. are a consumer of power bar of uh, like protein, protein bars, bars yeah. anyway. So you you pulled your face as if it was like the most random thing. So I was like, okay, he's well, not he's not a, he's not a, going he's not into a... a gas station for a protein bar. Come on, Do you know I mean, in the UK now, literally, like I think it's it it's pretty crazy how there's a couple of brands that have uh, God, whisk. This is so off uh, off your normal no, chat, right? But this is what it's good um, for. There's a couple of brands that have like totally dominated and they've almost kicked like a load of like confectionery and chocolate bars out of the shelf. And you walk into most gas stations in the UK now and they've got like two or three rows of protein bars on the confectionery aisle, which is really? pretty crazy because a few years ago, it just wouldn't have been like that. Yeah, that is crazy. No, because here it's still, it's definitely candy bars, chips, like yeah, that's what you got. You know, yeah, that's no, what you got. It's changed. We still have all that as well, but mm, like less of yeah. it, it seems. Nice. Well, yeah, the Robert Robert Irvine Fit Crunch peanut butter chocolate bar. If you ever have them, I'd say it's worth it. They're good. They only have 16 grams of protein, which isn't a ton. Um, but they taste good, which is like if you're eating a protein bar like every day, I would rather it taste good than have but they'll a taste lot of better protein. by only having 16 grams. That's the thing, right? It's that yeah, trade-off. Exactly. It's that functionality versus uh versus fashion trade-off. What are you eat what are you eating it for? Yeah. Yeah. And I just I recently moved on to like the Costco brand name of protein bars because my friend said, Oh no, they taste good. They taste good. Nah, they're just not because it it's that Kirkland kind of protein stuff? that it's like yeah. it's chewy, but then it tastes it turns to like sand. It gets like grainy, right. you know what I mean? I'm sure you're familiar with that. That's a that, bad protein bar, mate. That texture. Definitely. Yeah, it's just not good. Then I have to choke them down because I bought them. So like, I'm not going to throw them away. But um, yeah, I'll be moving back to the Fit Crunch once I'm done with these. So there you go. I would have said my gas station snack would be like Doritos and a Gatorade. Yeah. Okay. So that's pretty yeah. hardcore. <laughs> I mean, okay. I'm thinking like a road trip. I'm going to be yeah. in the car for like four hours. I'll get like, like Doritos and a Gatorade. Uh, maybe not Gatorade. Maybe something lighter. Maybe I'll do like, if I'm feeling fancy, I'll get one of those body armor waters that's just like got electrolytes or whatever added to it. Yeah, those are good too. It's like a better version of uh, smart water, basically. Right, good man. Yeah, that's me. I'm that's still me. On the protein bar. Sorry. No, it's okay. What what drinks do you go for at the gas station? Just pure water. May I'm a water guy, totally. Yeah, it's gonna sound like it's gonna sound really boring, but yeah, yeah. like um, I'm a water guy most of the time. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm like ninety percent water, but then there's like a few meals that you have to like when you're eating barbecue, you have to have a lemonade with barbecue. You just have ah, to. It's, see, just, it's but, the law. So in that in that situation, I'm just it would be a beer for me. Like um, mm. yeah. mm-hmm. I went for a we went I went for a Chinese barbecue with Anthony last night after we shot oh, nice. and yeah like. Uh, that that would have to be a that would oh. if it's not a if it's not a water it's a beer and then it's a water so yeah here's the thing we're talking about two different kinds of barbecue because like Korean barbecue Japanese barbecue I also agree yeah with beer. no I get that but, but for yeah. like a Any, southern anything... style barbecue for like yeah. a Georgia barbecue you got to get a lemonade with that okay yeah yeah no beer <laughs> no not with like because this is like I don't know this is like you're you're eating ribs and like a pulled pork sandwich or something. You want to eliminate yeah, yeah. it because that's like so heavy and meaty. I want something like light. You got the acid and the lemon and stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but, I'll yeah, keep that in mind, mate. You should next time you're in, next time you're in Atlanta and you're eating barbecue. Remember to get a lemonade instead of a beer. Yeah, because lemonade here is com- again, it's something complete. It's not <laughs> really lemonade here different? would be more like a would be more like a sprite. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and so yeah, that's not what I know. That's not what you're talking about. But yeah, that's kind of yeah. More, I'm talking if someone about says like, lemonade here that they're generally drinking something like sprite. But 
No, I'm just talking about like lemon sugar water. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Um, Do you have any questions for me before we round this thing off? Oh, man, no. Um, Which is really bad, but... um, It's literally just a question that I spring on people at the end. No, no, I get it. No, and, and, but you, so you you've mentioned a couple of times on the pod that you wanted to come to the store when you were in Manchester and yeah, we were closed. I know yeah. we're closed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably going to change in the future. Um, but it works for us right now. Um, but yeah, if anyone is good. listening and they ever want to come in on a Monday or a Tuesday and we are closed, they can drop us a message, but, um, what was it you wanted to come and see? Was it just a store in general? Like the was store, there a particular yeah. brand or like, was there something you, what, 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 what was it that there must've been something apart from the store in general, but was there a particular <laughs> brand you were interested in? I mean, I had seen, there's a few, there's a few brands yeah. that I had never even like seen before. Like I'd never okay. seen comfy outdoor garment, never seen kale before, never seen yeah. goopy made before, like all these Japanese brands that I have no access to where I live at all. And it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to see them without going to New York and like driving for nine hours or flying for three or whatever. So there's just brands like that, that I've never like had the opportunity to look at or like feel or try on or anything. It was just yeah. a ton. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, when you are back, most yeah. definitely, like, come over I to will, the store. I will, I will send a message. I know that I'm important enough to open the store up. Most people are, mate. Seriously, like, yeah. don't like that. Um, yeah. Just to kind of, we we again, like, we're a, we're a super small business. So the way the reason the only reason we we close on on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays is that mm-hmm. we do a lot of our photo shooting, we do a lot of our mail order, and we do the basic like back end of the business stuff that we need to get done and you know thursday friday saturdays are our days to do the retail side and be there for yeah. customers to talk in person but if somebody hits us up and says hey listen i'm i'm in manchester on monday and i can't get back but can i come through the store then we're usually there they ring the doorbell they come in and and you don't have to be at, not taking away from the fact that <laughs> not saying you're not special trees but no like, it's fine whatever People can come, people can, people can come through. Like it's, 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 uh, it's one of the nice things being an independent store, a small independent store and being like owner operated is that, you know, we can, we can be flexible. We can make those decisions. Mm -hmm. We can spend time with customers. We can stay behind if we want to, you know, we can open up when we want to. And so we like to do those things if we can, if we can help out, particularly like somebody, if there's something particular, somebody wants, then we'll kind of go the extra mile to try and connect them up with that thing. Nice. Very nice. Well, you'll definitely be getting a message next time I'm back. Hopefully sometime next year, if there's another first camp or whatever, I'll just, you'll get a message and hopefully I can drag Allie out of the house and we'll go meet up with you. Yeah. If he's not, if he's not not got too many blogs to write, but yeah, Yeah. I'm sure he'd be cool. Have you ever seen him in person? Uh, we've never met in person, though. No. We're yeah. just like that's what I've heard. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't actually meet anyone. Modern, modern digital acquaintances. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's we've wonderful. never met. Yeah, makes me feel even more blessed. Ali, that I come to the store. You know where we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolute me. pleasure learning about you and your constant evolution of everything in your life. Very. It's it's cool to have to have that. You know, just talk. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Of course, my man. Of course. And I'll, uh, I'll talk to you soon. That's one. Peace.